when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, David. listening to just pod baby a las vegas raiders podcast brought to you by silver and black and now your host evan Grote. let's go raider nation and we are back here for a brand new episode of just pod baby as always we are brought to you by silver and black today make sure you're subscribing to the podcast Things are going to be heating up here in the next few weeks with free agency and the, the beginning of the new league year. You you want to make sure you're going to be on board with this show because we're going to be breaking it all down for you. I hope everyone is doing well out there this week. I was off again last week. That's going to happen from time to time during the dead period of the NFL calendar here, but I'm glad to be back with you this week. And as the calendar turns to the month of March, I have to say I've got a little extra pep in my step lately. I don't know. I don't want to jinx myself, but the weather in my neck of the woods is really starting to take a turn for the good. We've had a couple of, uh, we've gone a couple of weeks without some, without any snow, which is, uh, Pretty hard to believe here. Temperatures have warmed up from the mid-20s to the low 40s, even hit 50s a couple times this week, and definitely next week we're supposed to get to that that mark again. So uh, feeling pretty good about that. My wife actually planned a trip for us to Florida the first week of April. We're teachers, so that'll be our spring break. So things definitely starting to look up here on my end. I hope it's the case for all of you out there listening as well. Now, later in the show, it's it's been a while, but we're going to be joined by good friend and co-host of mine throughout the 2020 season, Mo Moten. He's going to hop on the line with us this week, and we're going to catch up with Mo, see what he's been up to since the season has ended, and just get some of his thoughts on the Mike Mayock conference call from Wednesday, uh, the Raiders offseason, upcoming free agency, and, and possibly a little bit about the draft as well. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with Mo. It's been too long. Also this week, I have some audio that I want to share with you from that uh, Mike Mayock conference call that he had with members of the media on Wednesday. He did a um, had a lot to say. He, he touched on a, a lot of different topics. So we're gonna we're gonna break down some of those comments, uh, what he had to say, and I'll get you some of my thoughts on that. But this week, this week we begin with some recent transactions. One a little bit more of a surprise than the other. As we expected just a couple weeks ago, Tyrell Williams was released by the Raiders, saving the team $11.6 million. And, you know, that's a nice chunk of money uh, to, to, to have that this team badly needs uh, off the books as they try to position themselves now to, to make a play at some free agents. You know, it came down to availability for Tyrell Williams. He, he dealt with the plantar fasciitis in 2019. And he showed some real toughness by trying to play through that injury. Uh, but really down the stretch, it just affected his ability to be a an impact in the second half of the season. Uh, after what was really a, a fast start to his time with the Raiders, uh, got, got, got off to a really good start, had a few touchdowns. But obviously uh, in 2020 this year, this past year, I should say, he had the shoulder injury, which cost him. Uh, the entire season. So so really not not a big surprise there. Many of us thought that move was coming. Um, I, I do think they still need to uh, make, a, make a move there at wide receiver. 
whether that's re-signing Nelson Aguilar or or bringing in a uh, a, a different guy in free agency, they're going to have to bring in a, um, a number one guy. Um, doesn't have to necessarily be like a true number one. Uh, I think we can look at Nelson Aguilar and say that he wasn't necessarily a true number one wide receiver. The numbers, the stats may may show you that he was, but they got to bring in somebody that uh, is a veteran. Has has some sort of track record here in the NFL. Uh, we keep hearing the name Juju Smith, uh, Schuster Smith as a, as a possibility. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see on on that. No way do I feel comfortable rolling with Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs as your top options going in to this 2021 season. I just didn't see it enough from either one of them. Um, you know, from last season. So I I think you have to have a a more reliable option at wideout. Um, so I, I do think there we will see a move uh, being made there. And the other big move uh, that happened this week is the news that was reported by Josina Anderson of ESPN that Gabe Jackson was notified that he will be released by the team. And I, I think, you know, for me, that came as a bit of a surprise. I know when you look at... When you look at the cap numbers of all these players on the roster, he was obviously one of the, I think he was in the top five. I think he was in the top five along with Tyrell Williams, or maybe it was maybe top seven. Um, but but still, I, I think it was a bit of a surprise. I would have guessed that he would have been cut at, uh, at the beginning of last season. After the 2019 season, I, I felt like he was a candidate to be cut. They kept him around for one more season. I thought he played decent last year. He he was reliable, which is saying a lot. You know, when you look at what happened along the offensive line last year, all the the coming and going at the different positions, the issues at right tackle and, and left guard with incognito being out. So I think it was important to have um, some stability there with Rodney Hudson and, and, and Gabe Jackson, and those two guys provided some of that. The move does save the Raiders $9.6 million. So, so from that perspective, that that move certainly does make some sense. And, and that's a hefty salary you know, for, for a middle-of-the-road guard. I don't think he was really any more than that. He's definitely not a top 10 guard in the league, but he's not, a, he's not in the bottom 10 either. He's kind of just middle-of-the-road. And when you're making nearly $10 million, um, you know, and you're, you're pushing the age of 30, I think the move does make make sense. And, and that leads me to something else I wanted to toss out there. Uh, I saw a tweet by Diana uh, Rossini, uh, again, of ESPN the other day. She said that she, what she tweeted is that she spoke with an NFL head coach about the upcoming cuts uh, that are probably going to happen because of the, the crunch here with the, the salary cap and, and what this coach expects. And what he said was, uh, it's going to be a massacre next week all around the league. So again, you know, that's from a coach in the league and I think it's going to be a really really interesting free agency period this year. Um you're going to have a lot of veterans that hit the market. There should be a lot of players that are available that you would not normally see in a in a normal year. But if you're a team that has a little bit of money to spend, this might be a good year for you to add some talent. So again, the Raiders are still have some some guys, um, some moves that could be made to free up a little bit of money. And we're going to talk about that uh, in a little bit more detail in just a moment. Um, the next topic that I have uh, for segment one tonight is uh, what are the Raiders going to do with Trent Brown? I, I think for me, uh, the way I felt about Trent Brown, things have changed slightly now because of the the possible release of, of Gabe Jackson. I've been pretty consistent 
um, that I would like to see Trent Brown back. He, he is due $14 million. I understand that is a big number for a guy who has not been available enough through his first two seasons. He has played in only 16 games, 16 of a possible oh, 32, 32 games. Okay. But I don't think there's any arguing that Trent, you know, when he's out there, he's a difference maker. And I understand the problem is he hasn't been out there. Um, and I think we can all agree also that Trent has lost his way a bit after uh, getting that mega deal with the Raiders. You can look at uh, pictures of him that were, you know, they're out there on on the internet from 2018 when he was with the Patriots and then compare him to the way he looked in 2020. He obviously let his weight get away from him. They're, they're, I mean, unless there's some, some major... Um, editing going on in these photos he looks much heavier he looks like he's in terrible shape and uh so you know that that probably has a lot to do with with some of the injuries that he has dealt with uh in the past year uh, or two now if you follow him on social media which i'm sure a lot of you do he's been posting a lot of videos of, of himself working out which is you know it's great to see uh, but is that enough to keep him around? You know, who knows? Does, does the team feel confident that he is, his mind is in the right place, that his heart is in the right place, that he's motivated, that he's going to sustain this level of, of motivation? That's yet to be seen. Now, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, he reported this week, and this was all via tweet, that the Raiders have had talks uh, about potentially dealing Brown which should come as no surprise, right? I mean, there, there, he's a possibility of being cut. They're obviously going to try to shop him before they they uh, potentially cut him. He also points out that, uh, this is Rappaport, he also points out that it's not a particularly strong class in free agency for the tackle position. So that could generate some more interest. But at the same time, that $14 million that he's due that could make it very tough for a team to be willing to trade for him because, again, as I mentioned, that cap situation this year uh, dropping significantly from, I think it was $196 million this past season uh, to somewhere between $180 and $185 million. So that'll be another story that you definitely want to keep an eye on here in the next couple of weeks. Um, and that all leads me to um, Mike Mayock, his conference call from Wednesday with the media. Mayock touched on many different topics. Uh, he was, of course, asked about Derek Carr and the idea of a top five quarterback becoming available and, and what that would mean. And he wasn't going anywhere near that question. If you heard the conference call, Mayock was going nowhere near that. He said, oh, I'm not going to comment on another team's player. Um but continue to show support for Derek Carr, pounding the table for Derek Carr, as he put it. So those of you wondering if his stance has changed at all, um, it has not. They still have the utmost confidence in Derek Carr. And, and you know, I agree with a lot of people out there. I, I think Derek Carr will be under center for this team um, in 2021. So I think you should, you know, depending, pending something drastic happening with one of these quarterbacks, uh, Russell Wilson or, or Deshaun Watson, you know, maybe the Raiders would, would get involved in, in some of those uh, talk, um, trade talks, but, uh, will, will it ap- actually happen for the Raiders? You know, who knows? But again, I I'm fully focused on Derek Carr being the quarterback of this team, uh, in this, this upcoming season. Now, what I have planned for you here is I want to play a couple different sound bites for you, um, and I want to continue, I want to start by continuing the conversation 
about Trent Brown because that was one of the other topics that was brought up uh, on more than one occasion. Uh, so let's take a listen here to what Mayock had to say about the right tackle. Yeah, Trent's whole thing is when he's when he's healthy, in shape, and ready to go, he's as dominant as any tackle in football, and he proved that early in the 2019 season. Since then, it's been kind of a roller coaster. So really what he needs to do, I think more than anything, is get himself in the best shape of his life and come out ready to prove that he is a dominant tackle in the National Football League. And, and really, that's all it takes. If, if, if Trent gets in shape and stays committed, there's, there's not a better talent out there. So there you heard Mayock echoing much of what I have already said tonight and really much of what many of us already know about Trent Brown out there. He's a top five tackle in this league, in my opinion. When he is firing on all cylinders, when his mind is right, when he's in shape, he's a top five tackle. Now, last year, however, that was not the case. And many fans were calling for, you know, calling his, his desire into question, his work ethic into question. You know, was his heart in the right spot? Was he fully committed to the team? I tried to stay away from that personally. I thought some of the things that hampered Trent Brown last year were a little bit out of his control, not all of it, but some of it. But after hearing Mayock speak, the concerns that the fans had, they were more than justified. I, I really do believe that. So, um, you know, I was a little bit against what some of the fans were saying a couple months ago, but I, I, I'm kind of on board with you guys now. Now, friend of the show and beat writer for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Vinny Bonsignor, he followed up that question by asking Mayock if he thought Trent Brown will be back. Here's what Mayock had to say about that. Uh, regarding Trent, you know, the jury's still out here. I, you know, he's under contract, and again, we believe in the talent of that player. And uh, there'd be nothing finer than... You know, have Trent Brown at right tackle protecting Derek Carr next year, week one. Uh, but the jury's out, and we still have to make some decisions on our roster in general. The jury's still out. That was a that was a big headline in a lot of uh, a lot of papers this week. A lot of Raiders based uh, websites. If you read those, uh, that was in quotes in a lot of different spots, and I, I think it's very true. Um, I talked about the possibility of the Raiders looking to trade uh, Trent Brown. I do think they are they are shopping him. I don't know if they're you know making calls to other teams, but I, I do think they are making it known that he is available. And I believe if the price is right, they would deal him. Now I'm not exactly sure what the price is for him right now. I mean that that's a good question. What do you guys think? What what is a fair price right now? What is the market price for a 27-year-old tackle right now? Coming off some injuries, questions about his motivation. I mean, there's several factors you have to you have to take into into account here. Uh, he is 27, soon to be 28, so he still has some good years left. The talent is is, is not a question. We we know the talent is there, but we also know that desire is. And that's gonna that's gonna scare a lot of teams off. Now, will a team be willing to take on that large salary in a year that there is that crunch with the salary cap and put it into a player that's played 16 games in the last two seasons? Questions about his motivation. So it, it's a tricky situation. I would say getting a second round pick would be an absolute steal for the Raiders. That would be excellent. But realistically, I would think maybe a third or fourth round is what teams are are probably going to be offering. Is that good enough for the Raiders to accept? I don't know. I don't. I don't really know. Um, 
I would say probably a third would get it done. We'll have to wait and see. I, I still think uh, a possible contract restructure is in the cards with Brown should they not find a trade partner, but I, I don't know what, what happens at this stage in the game. If you asked me a week ago, I would have told you that he was a goner, but then the release of Gabe Jackson, that has really changed uh, really changed things for me. Okay, the next uh, soundbite I want to play for you is when Mayock was asked about how active he expects to be in this year's free agency. We know the Raiders have many needs on the defense, including edge rusher, interior defensive line. They need a free safety to play alongside John Abram, and they also need some depth at linebacker. Uh, and let's not forget about the offense. They, they still need the wide receiver. Backup running back is a position uh, of need, and, and, and they could be in the market for another guard, maybe some depth along the offensive line. They do have Denzel Good, who's a free agent. Do they bring him back? So let's take a listen at, uh, as to what Mayak had to say about that. So uh, question number one, how active can we be in free agency? I, I think we're going to be active. The question is at what level? You know, we've been active players on day one and day two in the last couple of years. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of depth in the free agency market this particular year. I think there are going to be more veterans out there on the market, and I think uh, it's incumbent upon us to be patient. Uh, would we take a shot at a high-level high player too? Sure, if, if we believed in the person and, and had the money available. But right now, I don't even know how much money we will or won't have available. That jigsaw puzzle is still taking place. But one way or another, I think we'll be active in free agency. I don't know if it'll be day one or week one month one. But at some point, I would expect us to try to fill some holes in free agency. A little wishy-washy with that response there. Obviously, he doesn't want to give away uh, what he intends to do in free agency. Uh, but I do think the takeaway there from that comment is how much money will they have to spend? That's the big question right now. We know Tyrell Williams is gone. Gabe Jackson is more than likely gone. Uh, many of us fully expect Marcus Joyner to, to be cut at some point as well as Marcus Mariota. That would free up another $19 million. So Joyner and Mariota would free up $19 more million. But keep in mind right now, after this is after the release of Gabe Jackson and Tyrell Williams. I was looking today. They are at about $183 million right now uh, with the salary cap. So that's a pretty good position that they're in right now. They're right around that threshold. Um, so if you want to throw in, let, let's say another $14 million for Trent Brown, should he be traded or cut? Um, again, according to what I'm seeing online right now, you're looking at roughly $33 million, uh, to spend in free agency. So from that perspective, can you go out and make a big splash on day one in free agency? I'm not so sure. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these big name free agents. So, for example, if a guy like Leonard Williams, if he should hit free agency, I mean, he is going to be one of the most coveted guys on the market this year. He's probably going to command about fifteen to eighteen million dollars. If you've got, uh, again, this is if they cut Trent Brown. If you've got about thirty-three million dollars to spend, and you go drop eighteen million dollars on one player, I don't know if that's so wise with a lot of other needs that are still um, on this roster. You know, and if they don't get rid of Trent Brown, if they decide to keep Trent Brown, okay, then you're looking at what twenty, uh, you know, twenty million dollars, nineteen million dollars, right? So you can't just give up fifteen million dollars when you've only got twenty million dollars to spend. 
Um, so I, I'm not so sure about that. I, I get the sense that based on the inf- on that info that I just talked about and what Mayock had to say, you might see the Raiders more involved in the second wave of free agency and most likely will not be players for some of these top-of-the-line guys. But we're just going to have to wait and see about that. It's possible they could surprise us and make some more cuts, free up a little bit more money. Um, I still feel Richie Incognito, Jeff Heath, even a guy like Rich uh, Jalen Richard, maybe even a Carl Nassib. I know he he carries a large uh, dead cap hit, but they could still free up about five million dollars, or uh, if, if they should decide to cut him. So I don't think we've seen the end uh, or or the last of, of the possible cuts. They may want to try to free up a little bit more more money. And uh, now, just for the final bit of audio, I'd like to play for you guys the free safety. I just mentioned Jeff Heath. The free safety is a spot that is another major area of need for this defense. And Mike Mayock was asked about it. Here's what he had to say. Well, yeah, we've obviously looked at every position. And, uh, you know, free safety is an interesting one. And, you know, in in Gus Bradley's system, you know, it's a little bit different in that you you, you typically are looking at a true free safety and a true strong safety, you know. And uh, Abram could be probably considered more of that strong safety. And, you know, at free safety, we're going to have to answer some questions. You know, we've got Jeff Heath. uh, Eric Harris is a free agent. You know, we've got some guys that have played some football for us. But whether it's a draft or free agency, that's a position we've got to be very aware of, and we are. Very aware indeed. And to me, this is one of those positions I would like to see them go out and be aggressive with in free agency and go get somebody. Go get a go get an alpha. Go get a, a baller here, right? The secondary is young enough. I prefer the plan of adding a safety with obviously some some years of, of success in this league, a, a veteran. And I'm not talking about bringing in, uh, you know, a 33-year-old safety. You know, I'm talking about a guy who's 25, 26, uh, and that age, uh, still kind of reaching their, their, their uh, pinnacle, I guess I should say, or the prime of their careers. Um, rather than going out and drafting another young guy throwing that secondary. I just think there needs to be a little bit of veteran leadership in this secondary. And there's some names out there that I like, led by Marcus May. Uh, Justin Simmons is a, another excellent guy out there. I don't think he hits the open market. He'll probably see that franchise tag again, but that would be a, a dream come true. Um, some other names out there, Malik Hooker coming off the Achilles injury, still only 25 years old. I know this guy has battled a lot of injuries, but he's a former first round pick. Uh, Marcus Williams with the Saints, Anthony Harris, uh, John Johnson, Trey Boston. There's a lot of guys out there. So there seems to be some depth depth out there at the position. Sounds like Mayock is well aware of that. And he knows that this position uh, needs to be prioritized at the top. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. And and when I return, we'll chat with our guy, Mo Moten, senior NFL columnist for Silver and Black Today, as well as a featured NFL columnist for Bleacher Report. Going to get some of Mo's thoughts on the Mayak presser, as well as the upcoming free agency and maybe a little bit of draft. You don't want to miss it. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Just Pod Baby here in the first weekend of March as we inch closer to the beginning of the new league year in 2020, which is set to get underway on March 17th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time 
Always a real fun time of the year for football fans. Now, speaking of fun times, let's welcome in our guest this week. I had the pleasure of having this man as my co-host all season long on the recap episodes. He's a featured NFL columnist for Bleacher Report, and he's our senior NFL columnist here at Silver and Black today. That is Mr. Mo Moten. Mo, it's been too long, my friend, but I know you've been keeping busy. How are things? Yeah, I've been busy, but uh, it's, it's cool that I, I was able to find you, Evan. I, I thought we were we were going to have to split ways. I, I couldn't find you for, for a couple of weeks after the season, so it's good to be back. Just joking. I, I know I've been busy. A lot of things going on. Of course, you got what you got going on. I do, too. So, um, again, just good to be back on here and talk about Raiders football before free agency kicks off. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't want to wear out my welcome, Mo. You know, I mean, I had you on. <laughs> Uh, once a week for for almost four months, and I didn't wanna I didn't want you to get sick of me, so I promised I'd give you some time off. But you know, as things get rolling here with free agency in the draft, I do plan to have you on uh, a couple more times. So make sure you leave a little room in your schedule for me. Um, and, and it's great to hear Mo that you, you're doing well and and that you're you're staying busy. Now, Mo, we, we've got some breaking news here uh, this evening to talk about. About an hour or two ago, just before we began recording this interview, Ian Rappaport. Uh, reported that the Raiders will be releasing Richie Incognito. So that is going to be another $5.4 million in savings uh, for this team. And by my my count, which sometimes my math isn't always great, uh, I've got them at around $178 million right now against the cap. So let, let's start there with our conversation. It looks like there's going to be a, a major shakeup with this offensive line. It was reported earlier in the week as well that, that Gabe Jackson was told that he would be released. And in regards to uh, the incognito news that we got this evening, I did see Vic Tafer put out a tweet um, that said he does expect the Raiders to try and bring back incognito at a lesser price. But before we get into what this could potentially mean for another, another member of the offensive line, Trent Brown, what do you see as the plan going forward uh, at the guard position for the Raiders? I, I think the Raiders want to keep their options open. And I also, uh, people will quickly jump in my mentions and say, yeah, Vic Tafer said Richie Incognito is going to be back. And I get that. But he is technically a free agent. Now, they expect him to be back. But I just want to throw something out there. What if another team is willing to offer him more money to play for them? You know, it, it's not a, is it a guarantee that he's going to come back? Yeah, they expect him to come back. But and it seems like he wants to play for the Raiders and be back because they gave him a chance after he was out of football for a year. But uh, let's let's just assume that Vic Tafer's report is correct and he does come back. Uh, I, I feel like he would obviously start because why else would they bring him back? And he was playing pretty well when he was healthy before he had that Achilles injury this past season. So I expect him to hold down the left guard spot. It's the right guard spot that we're wondering about right now. Um as you said, Gabe Jackson, they, he's going to be released. So that's that's going to be pretty much an open competition. Maybe they slide. I know John Simpson played at left guard. Maybe they slide him over to the right. They can also re-sign Denzel Good at a at a at a decent price, and maybe he could play a right guard. You know, I know he also played left guard last season and right tackle. But he's a versatile offensive lineman. But I wouldn't pencil Denzel Good in right away. I, I looked up the stats, and I believe he he allowed twenty nine pressures this past season so while he was a, a pretty decent solid fill-in he wasn't by any means you know a top a top-notch uh utility offensive lineman i think he could use some competition if he is back with the team i wouldn't just hand over the starting spot to him i think the big question is what's going to happen with with trent brown which we're probably going to talk about in depth in a moment but um as far as this offensive line it it looks like four out of five stars are gonna are gonna return assuming 
Richie Incognito resigns for a lesser deal. Yeah, and to your point about Incognito uh, hitting the free agent market, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, he he's only got you know a year or two left to play. Uh, maybe he's looking for one more decent payday before he calls it quits. So I I, I agree. If there's a team out there that's offering uh, willing to offer him a couple more, you know, million dollars, you know, I, I would see. I could totally see him taking advantage of that. Or if there's a situation where there's a team who uh, you know is a playoff caliber team or a, a team that's got a much better chance than the Raiders to get to the playoffs he may you know want to chase a Super Bowl or or something along those lines so I do agree with you there Um, yes and we will get to the Trent Brown uh, situation in just a moment Uh, but I want to ask you one more quick thing about the Gabe Jackson uh, being cut I think we all assumed that Tyrell Williams was you know he was going to be let go that was kind of a no-brainer and, and I think many of us thought incognito was probably more than likely a possibility that he could be cut as well but did did you see the Gabe Jackson cut coming? Did that one catch you off guard at all? No, it, it really didn't. I, I, I put out, you know, I write for Just Block Baby, and I put out a list of guys who I felt like were most likely to be cut or traded. Gabe Jackson came in at number five on my list. So it wasn't a surprise to me, but I had him further down the ladder as someone I would say lesser lesser likely to be cut or traded than the others. I had Mariota in front of him. I had... uh incognito in front of him i had lamarcus joiner in front of him i had trent brown in front of him but uh again i probably would have i i can understand because they recouped 9.6 million dollars by letting go of gabe jackson if you look at the raiders cap situation they're not far over the cut line so they need to clear some space if they're going to make some acquisitions and free agency for their for their defense and i said this on twitter a lot of people didn't want to cut anybody but LaMarcus Joyner, but wanted to sign all these free agents. Allen Robinson, let's get this edge rush, let's get this defensive tackle. All those players cost money. You cannot acquire those players unless you clear some cap space. So some heads had to roll. And I and I expect a, a few more uh, in addition to, now again, Richie Incognito could sign back for a lesser deal, but I expect LaMarcus Joyner to be cut eventually. I expect Marcus Mario to be traded or cut. A lot of people say we should, you know, the Raiders should keep him as an insurance policy for Derek Carr, but Carr has barely ever missed any games in his career with the Raiders. I know he had the groin injury, but he missed three quarters. Like he did, he actually didn't miss any full games this year. So he he actually played in every game, is what I'm trying to say. So would you really want a backup quarterback at 11.4 million if your quarterback is typically healthy? I get it. Once Derek Carr goes down, you want somebody to step in, but the Raiders did bring back Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman. A lot of people laugh at that, but Gruden really likes Peterman. So to get back to your question, though, with with, with Gabe Jackson, not really surprised. Um, I had him further down, but I do I do understand why they cut him. So, so I think the next logical question that that needs to be asked, you know, after we we have seen the release of both Gabe Jackson and Richie Incognito, and you know, and who knows, they may not bring Incognito back. So I'm going into this right now saying that okay, there's two offensive line spots that need to be replaced. Whether it's, whether that's they bring back Denzel Good or John uh, John Simpson slides in, we don't really know. But um, you know, for as much as we we all know the defense needs help the offensive line is starting to become one of the bigger question marks on the roster right now we've heard that Trent Brown could be traded uh, they could also save 14 million dollars by cutting him as well is it possible my Mayock and Gruden would look to replace three of the five offensive linemen in the same offseason I doubt it I think even if let's say the Raiders trade Trent Brown 
because they're I don't think they're going to cut him. And Ian Rapport even said it after I tweeted it. For the Raiders situation with Trent Brown, it only makes sense to either trade him if you can get good get good value, a good draft pick, or early round pick, a second third round pick, or or you just keep him and eat the fourteen million and hope that he stays healthy. Now. I listened to Mike Mayock's presser. Sometimes with these pressures, you have to read in between the lines. And when they were talking about Trent, when he was talking about Trent Brown, he said, well, we, we just want to see Trent Brown healthy and in shape. And if you look at social media, you see Trent Brown jumping up on boxes, stretching out his cast and all that stuff. And I don't think that's by coincidence. I, I, I'm not saying Trent Brown was out of shape. I don't want to accuse him of that because I wasn't there to see him physically. But when you hear Mayock say, well, Trent Brown just needs to be in shape and he's healthy. And you see Trent Brown putting out all these social media workout videos. I know he's done it in the past, but now it's, it just seems more prominent. And, and Vic Taper said that the team is noticing these workout videos. And again, I don't think that's by coincidence. I think what Trent Brown is trying to do is show the team that he is ready to go. He is in shape and he's ready to play for a full season. The problem is out of six years in the league, he's only played full 16 game slate twice. So people say, well, you know, the COVID wasn't his fault. The, the, the pregame IV mishap wasn't his fault. And I agree with them. But he also came into the season with a calf injury. He didn't play that last game because of an ankle injury. That last game he missed had nothing to do with COVID, had nothing to do with his IV mishap. He had an ankle injury. So here he is with a history of lower leg injuries. And what he had to show in the offseason, to me, from my point of view, was that he's healthy and, again, ready to play a full season because you hear this all the time. Trent Brown is one of the best tackles in the league when he's on the field, and I, I can agree with that. But guess what? He's only played 50% of the games with the Raiders, so he has not been healthy. So if you're paying $14 million, which isn't too bad if you get Trent Brown for a full season, but if you're paying $14 million for a player who's only going to play half the games, that's not a good rate of return on your investment. So I, I think it can go either way. It really depends on what teams are willing to offer for Trent Brown. Again, I think if they can get an early round pick, the Raiders will trade him, and then they'll draft the right tackle at pick number 17 this year. If they can't get an early round pick, if they can only get maybe a late round pick, then you keep him for $14 million and hopes that he stays healthy this season. Mo Moten is our guest tonight. We're talking some Raiders offseason moves right now. We just got some breaking news this evening. The Raiders are planning to part ways with left guard Richie Incognito. Big time shakeup happening on, along the offensive line. Now, Mo, you already touched on Marcus Mariota, and I agree with you. I, I don't think there's any way they could keep him with that salary that he has. Um, I just don't see it. And, and Marcus Joyner was another name that you mentioned. I agree with both of those guys. I think it's only a matter of time before those two uh, are released. Is there anyone else, though, when you look at the roster that could possibly become a cap casualty? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I know some people have thrown out uh, Jalen Richard, but I, I believe Jalen Richard stays because they like his ability to pass block as a running back. Just remember, Devontae Booker's not on the con- it's not on the books next year, so it's it's just Josh Jacobs and Jalen Richard. Chances are the Raiders are going to sign another veteran back, whether it's bring back Booker or or sign another guy because Gruden has done that since he's been with the team. Uh, you know, Doug Martin, Marshawn Lynch didn't come to Las Vegas, but, you know, he, he had an early stint and Doug Martin was in. The, uh, they signed Isaiah Crowell at one point, but he didn't get to play at the race because he, he tore his Achilles, I believe. So Gruden has a history of, a, of bringing in a revolving door of 
veteran back. So I don't I don't worry about that. And I think they're going to bring in another veteran back this year. But I would say keep Jalen Rashard because, again, they like his ability to pass block in the backfield. And he's basically a utility back who can do a lot of other things. So I think at, at his salary, you're not asking for much. I think it's $3.5 million cap hit. You keep him. Uh, a lot of people have brought up Jeff Heath because the safety position needs to be revamped. And I agree with that. But I think with Jeff Heath, his connection to Rod Marinelli, uh, and also um, Rich Passaccia on special teams. I think he actually is going to stay. And if you if you want to make the argument that he was one of the he was one of the better cover safeties on that roster last year, I believe he had multiple picks in the game. I think you keep him for depth. I don't think the Rams are going to let him go. Um, and as I look down the list, I, I don't see any major cuts. I, I will say that Arden Key I think is in trouble. Um, with especially if you think Vic Beasley's back and to Karis McKinley is back and if he makes the roster, you know, I think Arden Key could be cut and that's a big deal because he was a third round pick in 2018 who many thought could uh, exceed expectations or kind of look like the player he was, I believe, in his sophomore year at LSU. He racked up a bunch of sacks, but he just hasn't he just hasn't clicked on the pro level and you think maybe under a new coaching staff, under Gus Bradley, maybe he'll start to find his way, but he may not have a chance if, if, if a guy like Vic Beasley outperforms him and makes the roster. I think Arden Key could be in trouble. You're only, you're only letting go of about $2.2 million, but he's somebody that I look at that could be on the chopping, chopping block uh, this summer going into training camp. Yeah, I think it's interesting you mentioned Arden Key because a, a few podcasts ago, I, I did bring up his name as well. Uh, definitely, um, if he is with the team, definitely make or break year for him. He's got to prove something this year if he is with the team, if they do decide to keep him. And, and Richard is another guy that I have here in my notes. He's a guy that I, I think could definitely be let go. As you mentioned, his salary is not large, $3.5 million. You know, we're talking about a, a third down back here. But really, you know, if you look at, if you look at his numbers, uh, especially last season, but even in the 2019 season, really since they've acquired uh, Josh Jacobs, he's really saw his role diminish. I think last year he mm-hmm. only had 17 catches, and, mm-hmm. and you know that's your primary third down back. Uh, but I do agree they love what he does in, the, in uh, with his ability to pass block. So we'll, we'll see. But there's, really, go really ahead. quick though, go ahead. Yep. I think if they get us, uh, they get another. Vet, I think they will sign another veteran back if they can sign a veteran back who they're confident can fill that that plat that pass blocking role. I think Rashard could be expendable, but I don't think they cut him before free agency or right away, it would come down to, okay, we like what this veteran is doing. We don't need Rashad because Josh Jacobs is a better pass catcher, better pass blocker out of the backfield. And we have this veteran here. So I think it depends on what they do in free agency that could uh, affect Jalen Rashard's future with the team. Yeah. It, one way or the other, they, they have to bring in another running back, right. whether they mm-hmm. keep Rashard or not, they're going to definitely bring in another back. Now, one of the things that uh, you talked about the Mayock uh, presser from the other day, uh, one of the things that he spoke about was was being patient in free agency. And I, I think in the next couple of weeks, what we're going to see here are some really quality players being cut and, and hitting the open market. So th- there definitely shouldn't be a shortage of quality players out there. But when you look at the makeup of the roster right now as it cur- currently stands, how would you prioritize the needs uh, by position for the Raiders? I would start off with safety with the safety position. A lot of people say, Mo, you should start off with the defensive line because it's the biggest need. And I get it. It is because you have Jonathan Hankins, who's on an expiring deal. Mo Hurst is really your only guy that's that's uh, on the interior. Uh, Kendall Vickers, I believe they re-signed also, but he's more of a depth player. So I get it. Defensive tackle is a is a bigger need to me. But I, I think with 
with the Raiders, with what they have right now in, in cap space, and as far as what safeties cost, like your your best offensive tackles, like a lot of people love Leonard Williams. He's gonna he's gonna cost you about north of sixteen million dollars if you're gonna sign Leonard Williams. That's if he even hits the market, because I believe the Giants are gonna keep him on a franchise tag or sign him to a long term contract. Safeties cost a lot less than a pass rushing DT, a, a three technique defensive tackle who has the sack numbers. So I think you can get a a top grade safety at a, at a pretty fair price. Uh, Marcus May sounds like his his agent wasn't happy with the Jets. He let out some tweets saying that the Jets didn't take care of him, but the Jets said they're working on a long term deal with him. So I think Marcus May, one way or another, stays in New York. I would look at guys like Marcus Williams and Anthony Harris at safety. Uh, Marcus Williams would be at the top of my list. I wanted him coming out of Utah when he came out, I believe in 2017, I think it was. Um, I think he'd be a great fit for what the Raiders need on the back end, a ball hawk who can um, help out the cornerbacks over the top. Trey Boston is a name, is a mid-tier pickup. He actually played under Gus Bradley in 2017, had, had a career-high five interceptions, eight pass breakups that year. So he's somebody, if you don't want to spend a lot of money at the safety position, I think he's someone to pick up. Uh, John Johnson is a guy that Vinny Bonsignor of the Las Vegas Review-Journal has been touting, and I understand the connection because Vinny actually covered the Rams before he covered the Raiders, so he had a front-row seat to see what John Johnson could do. But I do agree with Vinny saying that John Johnson would be great for the Raiders. He could play the free safety position. He could also line up in the box. So if John, if, uh, John Abram gets hurt, he could, you could slot him over. If you have another free safety on the roster, let's say you get a rookie in the draft, you could do a lot of things with John Johnson. So, th- so I think he would be a great fit for the Raiders. But to answer your question, I think the Raiders should start off with the safety position because you don't have to break the bank to get a solid, good player for that spot. Well, great minds must think alike, Mo, because I was talking earlier in the episode tonight that I agree. I, I think the the safety position is, is where I would like to see them be aggressive and go out and, and, and sign somebody. Go out and get go out and get a, a difference maker. Um, and, and I wasn't going along with the same logic as you use, but that makes a ton of sense to me. You're right. Uh, to go out and sign a, a free agent defensive end is going to cost you a lot more than it will to go out and get a free agent uh, safety. So that's a great point you make there. And, and um, you know, I think one of the other big issues that we have to fans have to consider here when they talk about how active will the Raiders be in free agency is, you know, how much money are they going to have to spend? I heard Mayock talking about this. And as I said, right now, it looks like they're at about $178 million. And uh, let's say, for example, that the cap number is finalized finalized at $180 million. That, that That's $2 million right now they've got in their pocket to go out and spend. If they do indeed release Joyner and Mariota, that's another $19 million right there. So now you're looking at about $21 million to spend, okay? And we're not even talking about Trent Brown right now. So, I mean, a lot of these fans I'm reading on Twitter, they want them to go out and make all these splash signings. <laughs> that's hard to do if you only have 21, 25, you know, maybe even $30 million uh, to spend, you know, you, you can't go out and, and sign uh, the top free agent at $17, $18 million when you have so many other needs on the roster. So I think it's possible that we we see some bargain bin shopping. What's your take on that? Yeah, and I agree. And I, that's why I brought up a name like Trey Boston. I know it doesn't knock the socks off of fans, but I think he could be effective being that he has the experience in Gus Bradley's system. 
and he can force turnovers. I think you have to don't look at the name, look at what the player can do in the system. And the Raiders need a guy on the back end who can force turnovers. And that's what Trey Boston does. Now, if you're looking at the defensive tackles, I know everyone wants Leonard Williams, but he's filing a grievance to be named a DE because he obviously DEs make more money than defensive tackles on the free agency market. But I would I would tell fans that don't expect don't even expect Leonard Williams to hit the market <laughs> because the Giants, as the rumors are out, the Giants are shopping uh, Kevin Zettler, one of their guards, to clear some space. And I think they're trying to keep both Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson. I think that'll be tough for them. But unless they Dalvin Tomlinson hits the market, I would try to sign him because he's not going to break the bank because he's not really a pass rusher. He's more of a, of a two-gap uh, run stuffer. But the Raiders do need that because, again, Jonathan Hankins is going to become a free agent. Uh, as far as uh, bargain bins for defensive tackle, Larry Young and Joby, He's a three-technique pass rusher on the inside. Uh, the Denver Broncos released Jarrell Casey. He had seven straight seasons of five sacks before he got hurt this past season. I would look into him. I know he's about 32 years old, but he could be effective as a three-technique pass rusher. Sheldon Rankins has dealt with some injuries, but you can get him at a low price. And I think if he's healthy, he could be effective. A lot of fans wanted Kawan Short. I would say no on Kawan Short because he's played five games in two years. And he's had, uh, I believe, shoulder injuries in the last two years. So up there in age two. So I would, I would stay away from that. I would want a player that maybe has an injury history, but has a history of more of a history of playing. Maybe he got hurt last year, as I said, Joe Casey did. But for the most part, Joe Casey has been healthy, whereas Kawan Short, back-to-back years now, just been on the shelf. So uh, again, as far as as far as what Mayock said in his presser, I think he kind of, I don't want to say foreshadow, but he kind of warned fans like, look, we may not be as aggressive early. We may wait it out because as we're speaking right now, there are teams that are probably getting ready to cut players and there'll be more players added to the free agent market as time goes on. So I think the Reds may be patient and uh, sign some veteran players that you can get at good value who may not cost 20 million because they're not the big names. But again, they could fill a spot for at least a year and then the Reds move on to the draft to kind of double down and have a, a veteran year there that's there for one or two years and then have a rookie who can kind of take the baton going forward for the next three, four years. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with your assessment there. And I like I liked a lot of those names that you, you tossed out there along the defensive line. Um, Mo, just one more last one for you. And I, and I know we're still a couple of weeks away from the start of free agency, but I'm sure that you've uh, taken a little bit of time to just to begin researching some of the prospects that are in this year's draft class. Let's just talk about the, the first pick for the Raiders in round one. Right now, we're talking pre-free agency who do you like for the Raiders to select at 17 overall? Oh, man, this is a great question. I, I'll take this and I'll make it short, but I'll take this. I could take this in three ways. And the reason I say it is because there's Raiders news and it's fluid as we speak right now. I had a, I had an article on Bleacher Report and I, I felt like the Raiders dream pick would be Zayvon Collins. And I said that because he can play the Leo role. Uh, he could, he at six four two sixty he could set the edge and rush the passer. I know his sack numbers aren't high at Tulsa, but if he's in a specific role where he's just asked to rush the passer, I think his numbers can go pretty high, and I think he would fit in well in that Gus Bradley again and that Leo that hybrid defensive end linebacker role. I think he fits that to a T. If you're looking for a pure pass rusher and, and maybe just not a guy who's as proven in pass coverage as Zayvon Collins, then I think you would look at Ojolari of Georgia. I think he's a name that's going to be floated around a lot. I believe the Titans are a great fit for him, but if the Raiders want him at 17, I wouldn't be mad about that. Christian Barmore from Bama is probably the most popular name because, as I said, the Raiders' biggest need right now is on the defensive line or defensive tackle. But if he's not there, let's say a team like the Vikings grabs him, 
I wouldn't be mad at Davion Nixon. I know a lot of people think he's a second-round pick. I'm starting to see a trickle of mock drafts put him at the end of the first round so if the Raiders can move back and get him, I would love that pick. Um, I would say this. If Trent Brown is traded, don't be surprised if the Raiders go with an offensive tackle at 17. And if that were to happen, Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State is a pretty he has a mean streak you have to watch him on film fun to watch Jalen mayfield in michigan's another name i watch out for at right tackle again that's if the raiders trade trent brown but let's say they keep him out again i would just lean toward the defensive side christian barmore uh davion nixon and ojalari saving collins those four guys i would look at at 17 i just want to leave one nugget with you i know we're talking about the number 17 overall pick but on day two let's say the raiders don't uh, pick up a defensive tackle in the first or second in the first round, and then they wait for it to address that need in day two. Jalen Twyman out of out of Pittsburgh, 6'2", 290 pounds. He trains, practices with uh, Aaron Donald. Wore Aaron Donald's number at Pittsburgh. Had ten and a half sacks before he opted out of this past season. He's a name that I want people to look out for and watch on film. Just watch him. I, I don't want to spill the whole beans on him but i've been watching a lot on him and i really like what he brings to the table he's projected to be a late second round early third round pick i think people are sleeping on him because he opted out of the 2020 season but he could be big i'm not saying he's going to be aaron donald because he trained with the guy and wore his number but i'm saying that he's a name that people need to talk about a lot more as the draft draws closer yeah, I'm gonna have to go check him out. Wasn't a guy that I, uh, you know, I'm a little bit behind in my in my draft research, but I'm definitely gonna go check that guy out. And, and right now, if I had to hitch my trailer to one guy, I, I would it would be Ojolari for me. I think he's a good fit, uh, you know, as that Leo in, in Bradley's scheme as well. So right now, that's the guy that I'm looking for. But uh, again, you mentioned the the next big domino to fall is is what happens with Trent Brown that is going mm-hmm. to play a major role in in the direction that this team goes towards uh in the draft so all right folks he is Mo Moten part of the team here at Silver and Black today check him out on Twitter at Mo Moten and and be sure to follow all his great work at Bleacher Report Mo let's plan to get you back on the show again in like a week or so after free agency begins if you can swing that and then I'll uh, you know I look forward to uh doing our mock draft special that we have Mm -hmm. done the previous two seasons. So uh, we'll plan on that as well, just before the draft sometime in late April. So uh, pencil us in on your calendar, my friend. Absolutely. You know, anytime you need me, I'm here to talk Raiders football. This is what I enjoy doing, even though sometimes it could be kind of reckless on Twitter. I I enjoy it all. But again, if you need me, I'm here and fans buckle up because I think free agency there's going to be a lot of movement. There's going to be a lot of players cut. There's going to be a lot of people that are be connected to the Raiders. So it's going to be a fun year. No doubt it's going to be a wild offseason, and it's just getting started. Big thanks again to Mo. Always love chatting with him. And like I said, I know, I know there are a lot of listeners out there who are big fans of him, and I'll make sure that uh, I get him on here again uh, a couple times the next few weeks. And one other quick thing uh, before we say goodbye for the week uh, – I just want to say real quick, the the Richie Incognito news did come out after I had previously recorded segment one of the show here today. So I didn't want anyone to think that I was neglecting the news earlier, but that is the nature sometimes when you're when you're doing a pre-recorded show. Sometimes the news drops and, and 
uh, when you're in a time pinch, you can't always go back and, and, and re-record. So just wanted to put that out there for you guys. But that is going to do it for this week's episode. Hope everyone enjoyed the show this week. Please click the subscribe button. Also, give me a follow on Twitter at egrope 5 if you don't already. And if you have a moment, please, I'd appreciate it if you give me a rating and a review on the podcast. All right, everyone. Until next time, I am your host, Evan Grote. And as always, just win, baby.